Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast. Yes. 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 Pressed. I'll cut that out. Will you cut it out, though? We I... always begin the strange banter at the beginning. We love the strange banter in the beginning. It's kind of us, right? It like is now. Awkward moments with Paul and Sherry. Well, how do you start a podcast? And I don't mean like the initiation of doing it, the episode itself. Hi, Sherry. Hello, Paul. <laughs> I mean, you can do better than that. Let's ease into this. You know, let's ease into this a little bit because that's what it is. You got to get your, you got to get the engine started and running smooth, and then you can kind of flow into it. It's true. It's true. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, it's a hot one, um, and I'm. I don't. I don't mind the heat, uh, so that's okay. And I'm staying cool inside. How are you? I'm. I'm okay also. Yes, it is warmer outside. I believe I got the morning weather report from you this morning. Yeah, I I gave a little bit of the weather report. That's for sure. Yeah, it is a hot one, um, which is fine. That's what summer's meant to do. Uh Mm-hmm. Fine. Um, But it means uh, ginger folk like me have to, like, start wearing a lot of hats and all the sunscreen. Yeah, I intentionally when it starts getting hot go outside and be really really hot just to sort of get used to it i don't know if that's an actual thing or not but hmm. there's going to be suffering either way so i might as well get it over with and just go out there and get used to it that is something that i try to do more and more like because actually being outside in the heat like my brain tells me that i will literally melt mm-hmm. um so the more i expose myself to it the more i'm like no actually i can survive yeah might not like it like yeah. and also you don't like actually immediately die the moment you sweat you don't you don't mm-hmm. people have different relationships fine. people have different relationships with different kinds of discomfort including uh, temperature related Indeed. um Indeed. and it's uh it's never easier on these parts you know when the temperature changes as wildly as it does Interesting that when you ask, good metaphor. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, (laughs) interesting. I'm trying. Interesting that uh, also that when uh, when you asked how I was, I I went right to the weather because it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable as well. There's discomfort that needs to be acknowledged. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think right now one of the things we're seeing, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why we can talk about the fact that we're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Podcast Wednesday. Um, Podcast Wednesday. Um, But I think we are probably not alone in being people who have felt the temperature suddenly peak this week. Yep. Um, And I think those of us who have been waiting for summer and who have been ready for it, a lot of us are saying it's about damn time. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that's true for what's happening in the country today, too. Yeah, I am, um, I am amongst them. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the temperature's up, um, and we have a podcast, and we didn't record yesterday. Where do you want to start, Paul? Um, why is it Podcast Wednesday and not Podcast Tuesday? Maybe we'll start, maybe we'll start there, you know? Um, do you want to tackle that, or do you want me to start? No, we, I can start it. Um yeah, so we we did not record Tuesday, and that was sort of an intentional choice uh, that we made. Um, and it's not as though we took the day off. We did um, not. We did not. Um, and it's not as though we didn't see, see each other. We still met, um, but we decided it was a time for uh, yesterday needed to be for a, a time for us to pause. Um, and to sort of think about what we're doing here and what we want to be doing in the future. Um, now, you actually initially brought this idea uh, to uh-huh. me. Do you want to talk to us about why you suggested we pause yesterday? Yeah. Um, so as many people have probably seen who are on Instagram and other social medias, you saw a lot of black squares on a lot of social posts yesterday. Um, and referring to Blackout Tuesday. And... Um, uh, a lot of entertainment uh, companies, industry com- industry leaders uh, initiated and decided to and initiated a, a day for people to um, either engage with what's going on socially in the world around them uh, in their community or to get themselves uh, a little bit educated, to spend some time looking at some resources to 
better understand what's really going on if they don't feel like they are, to have conversations with others in their communities, who they work with, who they know, their families, about what all of this is about. And um, it was not a day off to go to the beach, mm-hmm. is, is how it was intended. It's not like, okay, uh, everybody, we're going to give you a day off, you know, so, so enjoy it. It was an intentional pause um, of shows, a la the hashtag, the show must be paused, um, that was going around that we ourselves used, mm-hmm. um, to have conversations about what you really are comfortable doing and why or why not. Are you comfortable doing what you're able to do? Um, what your relationship with what's going on might be and what wisdom, new wisdom you can, you can uncover and bring to it to get a better understanding within yourself about what, um, this all is, is about. And, um, I know that, uh, my wife works for an entertainment, a large entertainment company and, and they fully participated and they cleared her calendar for her. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, and, and some of the people that you work with did set up some Zoom calls to, um, uh, get as many people who wanted to come by together to talk about, uh, what's going on in the world with, um, the protests, the violence, the police responses that we're seeing to it, which are not pretty, uh, to say the least. Um, it's the, the resistance and the resistance to the resistance and the, you know, violence that you see in the, storefronts with windows knocked out and tear gas and police and riot gear. God knows where they got them from or what they thought they were going to do with them. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what, what we did too. So we actually kept our, our podcast time where we, mm-hmm. when we get on zoom and, and, and record and we talked about what our roles in this is as, as people who actually produce something and send it out there. And, I'm going on too long. Um, last, last part that I'll add is that, uh, something, something hit me. I, I don't know when, when was that, Sherry? Was that yesterday morning or the, the evening before? There was an Instagram post out there talking to, um, addressing specifically in with who they refer to as influencers. And we know sort of what that, what that, what that means. And I, I, I overestimate myself by putting myself in the category of somebody who would call an influencer, but we produce this thing and we send it out into the public. For people to engage with. So, um, and it's like, what influences, what are you influencing? What are you really doing? Are you, are you pushing a pair of jeans or are you actually doing something, um, that really has, uh, some value in relation to the shocking unrest that we're seeing these days? And, um, for some, some reason that resonated with me. And, um, I think that we started this podcast, Sherry, with an intentionality to talk about actual things, Mm -hmm. um, that are real and that are going on. And, uh, this, and, uh, soon after we recorded podcast number one, the universe just sort of lined up, uh, a few things for us (laughs) in, uh, shocking abundance, uh, and heartbreaking abundance and, challenging abundance and redefining abundance and i think it's our responsibility to have the conversation yesterday which i think we did mm-hmm. a little bit yeah yeah and i think that um i think it gave us space to have conversations that you know probably we should have been having before right um mm-hmm. but i think you know part of part of what it yeah, I mean, I think part of it is figuring out um, what do we want, what we create to stand for. Like, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about creating space um, and sharing spaces. And when we released the revised, or not even revised, when we really launched the principles of community, um, when we logged in to do that Facebook Live event or YouTube Live event last week, I think we were both very cognizant of the fact that our principles of community have a lot of flaws to them. They're limited. Um, And that, and I think we know that we can only come to them from our positionality as a couple of white folk, Uh right? Like overeducated white folk. And so I think we had a real kind of reckoning to do with ourselves to try to figure out like, well, you know, does the world need another podcast by a couple of white people? Right. I can answer um, that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
And yet, here we are a day later still recording one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think... I think there's a lot... There's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think this podcast is space where you and I can um, talk about the work that we're doing. Be it the work that we do in our actual jobs, the work that we do within ourselves, um, or the work that, you know, we want to do in terms of racial justice in this country. Um, and so I think the time to pause yesterday really helped, um, for me, help helped me to start to see the way that we can start trying to do the work that needs to get done and make sure that the work that we do is contributing to the change that, that we think is long overdue. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to think that the perspectives that we came up with, I mean, I wouldn't even want to say came up with that we, that we were led to in our conversation yesterday were ones that, we already thought were important that I think we figured out we'll get to these things sort of eventually, you know, because they are important out there. But the timeline has shifted a little bit. And, um, God, what are we going to do? I mean, so we, we were going into this week, by the way, the topic of the podcast this week, right, is, was productivity. And, um, get there. Look at there. Yeah. And we, we thought we had kind of an idea about what that podcast was going to be about. Uh, two weeks, when was that, Sherry? Two weeks ago? Whenever we yeah, came, two, two, three, three weeks ago, when we, when we, when we came up with our list for the rest of the season. Um, and, uh, the, the backstory on this is, I think that was you on Monday, Sherry. I think you asked, it's like, I'm not sure if I can comfortably record a podcast about what we thought we were going to be talking about, <laughs> you know, That's with regards to this. That's a kind way of putting yeah, what I actually yeah, said it's to like, you. But I yes. think it's more like, there's absolutely no way we can <laughs> we can do this this way. And I'm like, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, it would just be the most tone-deaf thing. Well, yeah. I, I There's no way in which a couple of people who started a podcast where the very first episode was about missing the point, there's no way that, you know, the morning after, you know, there's, you know, you know, there are riots in the streets, right? Like, um, I'm getting notifications, um, that there, you know, curfew is being right. enacted right. in, in our community. You know, like, there's no way we can log on and have a quaint little conversation about how do you maintain productivity in the summer? Yeah. Like, that's adorable. Yeah. But also completely, like... Perhaps this is not the best time to no. bring that to our right. listeners. <laughs> but I think the longing for those kinds of quaint, adorable little topics is is there, right? Like, I am seeing, like, as I look on my social media feeds, and I, you know, I have a lot of different kinds of voices represented in a lot of the social media, particularly within my Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. Um I see a lot of people just wanting things to be back to normal. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of people wishing like everything that's happening. Um, you know, the basically anything that pops up under the auspices of black lives matter uh -huh. makes people so uncomfortable. Uh -huh. Right. And they just want everything to go back to normal where everybody's happy. The problem is <laughs> what's really at, happening there is people just want other people to not make them uncomfortable anymore. Uh -huh. They just don't want to face the problems. They don't want to hear the injustice. And um, that's what, that's what the all lives matter does, right? It's like, you're missing the, the point. point completely, completely, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause that's a way to put it all back under the rug put everybody in back on a false equality once again and to get on with your day mm -hmm. uh with without discomfort yeah. which is to deny 400 years of of history in America. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean I feel like if we are in a place where we we actually want to be part of change um and I think pausing yesterday allowed us to really give ourselves space to think about that. I think part of the question, and I think a lot of people in our country are facing this question, is how do we productively 
contribute to the conversation right now? Mm-hmm. What do we do that actually moves the needle that actually changes the landscape? And I think that's a really hard question. Um, and what I'm seeing on my social media feeds is pointing to just how completely complex the question of how do we productively make change mm-hmm. really is. Are you seeing that too? Yeah, I am. And um, that, gets, that gets real for us because how that question is answered is going to differ based on a whole number of, of things, right? Not mm-hmm. just whether you're black or white or indigenous or, or you know, or whatever. Um, is what resource do you have available to you? Um, what is your perspective? In what geographic area are you? Mm-hmm. Um, what tools and resources do you have to leverage and how to best use what you have and what you can do for yourself? Um, mm-hmm. in your, in your space that you're in, in your sphere, yeah. in your community. Um, and so I think that's where we sort of went. It's okay. So Sherry, how can we, you and I best mm-hmm. be productive in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Fully. Um, fully in line with what's going on, fully mm-hmm. in line with, our, with, with what's going on, with full acknowledgement of yeah. this in a way that in no way even attempts, uh, to deny it or get around it or to not, not, not mm-hmm. see it for what it is. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of the answers for like, what does it mean to be productive and in a, in a good contributor, a strong ally right now? A lot of that relates to a lot of the topics that we always talk about. So for me right now, part of it is about staying present in the Mm -hmm. moment. Right. Um, A lot of, I saw a lot of critiques yesterday of people who, you know, just posted black squares up on social media, um, which I did. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can talk about why folks choose to do that and why folks choose to critique that. Um, But I think some folks, you know, it would be very easy for a person to do that and then to sort of knock off their list. Okay. I have been socially aware this right, week. Right. Job um, done. Right. I've done my part by being socially aware. Right. But like if, but the key thing is, is like, you can't just do that and then clock out for the day. You have to stay present in it. Um, and I've seen a lot of folks and I've experienced it myself. Like, Maybe you do something and someone critiques what you do. Like it's maybe the black box isn't the best choice. Maybe you use the hashtag black lives matter and you learn that's actually really problematic because it clutters the feed and takes away from the original intent. I see a lot of people making choices, getting feedback saying that's not the right choice. Mm -hmm. or Maybe they should be more aware. And so then they throw their hands up in the air and say, well, Anything I do is wrong. Therefore, I'm going to do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah, because it feels like everything is risky. Because it feels like everything is risky. Because you don't right. want to screw it up. Um, and the odds of it being of of me personally, you know, me myself, Paul, screwing it up are high. It's high. You know, I was like, I'm not going to get this right. I'm not going to get it right. You know, and you know, I'm coming at this with whatever information and with whatever education I have about it and whatever exposure I've had to it, hopefully with my eyes as wide as they can be, mm-hmm. um, today, today, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm done. It doesn't mean I'm finished. It doesn't mean I've, you know, whatever, you know, I'm, you know, I think the first step, one of the first steps in taking true responsibility for this is to, um, look at it with humility that maybe you don't quite understand all of it yet, nor, nor could you ultimately ever Mm -hmm. based on your lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to um, a Facebook event last night uh, that was done by Jackie Lewis and a guy, uh, Brian McLaren. And one of the things they were talking about is the, just the importance of recognizing the fact that you're on a journey, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, I think those of us who want to pick up, the identifier as being anti-racist. Um, everybody who takes up that identifier probably is able to acknowledge the fact that there was probably a point in their life where they di- weren't right. anti-racist, right? right? Um, like I know just with my own background and my own upbringing, you know, 
I carried around a narrative for a really long time that was, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Not the same as being anti-racist, right? We know that. Um, and so I think we're all like, we're all on a journey. Um, and so just because we're occasionally going to trip up and fall down, doesn't mean we have to abandon the journey. What would you say just, um, to make a clear statement for people who, who are listening? What is the difference between not being racist and being anti-racist? Why is not um, being racist not enough? So, what would you say to that? That's a good question. Um, and it's one of those things that I feel like, um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this in a way that doesn't get me in trouble. Yeah, I know. I know. Whatever. Like, oh, but, I just um, put Sherry on the spot. On the, I think I, that yeah. when you say that you're not racist, what you're doing is saying that you are racist in really uh, acceptable language. Mm. Uh, like That's where I'm at at this point with this. Um, and other people might disagree with me on this, but I think and I can't speak to other people's experiences, but what I can speak to is my own experience. And I grew up in a community where my high school was, you know, like 50% black, 50% white, right? So um, our community, I think, did a really good job of pretending that racism wasn't a thing, but it was, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think early in my life, ideas like oh well i don't see color all of that was 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 what people who considered themselves quote-unquote not racist would say like i'm not racist because i love everyone Uh um the problem with all of that for me is that it sort of whitewashes the lived experience of black americans right um Because even if I don't see color, which I don't think is a real thing, um, it still doesn't take away from the fact that their lived experiences are different Uh from white folk. Uh And so when you say that you're not racist, you're also saying, I'm not concerned about the systemic injustice that makes our experiences different. And that's the problem for me. Like for me, I have to be anti-racist because at the end of the day is it's all the unearned privilege that has to be accounted for. Yeah. Um, it seems like um, saying that you're not, I mean, cause I mean, if you would have asked me in high school or probably college or whatever, you know, are you racist? No, I'm not racist, but it was never really tested. You know, it was never really tested. I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood, you know, in St. Louis that was white in all directions, you know, for a mile at least in South St. Louis, one of the most racially segregated cities in America. Um, and, uh, I mean, of course I would say I'm not racist. I'm not racist. What are you talking about? God loves all his children equally, you know, and all of that kind of whatever kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying that you're not racist is like saying you don't have the flu. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do you have the flu? Of course I don't have the flu. You know, um, it's like saying that you're not purple. Of course I'm not purple. You know, um, it, it denies the reality of the fact that the flu is a thing and that people are out there that are suffering, that are suffering, you know, um, I'm not using denies- the best examples here, you know, but um, it, well, it denies, like you said, it denies the reality of it. And it doesn't demand a course of action. Being yeah. being not racist means you don't have to do anything. Being anti-racist means that you do because it's an acknowledgement yeah. of racism. And I would also say that the flu isn't necessarily the worst example because part of what's hitting there is just because you say you don't have the flu doesn't mean that you don't have symptoms you're not yet aware of. Right, right. You might have this. And that shit could come out any day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. can transmit it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't demand a course of action saying that you're not racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an acknowledgement that everything is fine. Um, and it's dangerous to close to saying things like all lives matter. Um, and that's not it. I mean, that's yeah. not the, that's not the approach to take because it denies <clears throat> the reality. Well, why do you think people cling to that language? Why do you think people, what do you think's happening that causes a person to say things like, I'm not racist, all lives matter, 
What's happening? I think it's a, it's a couple of things. Um, I think it's, it's, it's two things and hopefully I will remember both of them as I go through this. Um, to acknowledge, um, that you're not seeing the world as it really is and that there are things going on in your community, um, in your country, in your nation founded on these principles, um, is not true for everyone despite everything you've been told, um, is profoundly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. For people, right? Um, nobody likes to, um, broad strokes. I mean, nobody likes to see someone else suffer. Ideally, nobody likes to see somebody else suffer. Um, that might not be true, a, a true statement. Um, but it, 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 it's an acknowledgement that there are people out there actively suffering right now. Um, yeah. and that you are, able to have the perspective that you do because you're living the fruits of the other side of that suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, you are privileged to the degree that there are suffering, mm-hmm. you know, based on institutional history of, of violence against black and indigenous people in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, you're living the yin to their young, you know, um, you're the, priv- the privilege you're, you're reaping that you don't see. Um, because of whatever your own history might be, um, is at the expense of 400 years of history offering you that and taking it from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into these things. I didn't have slaves. I mean, I didn't have slaves, man. This isn't me. These are my ancestors. I mean, my ancestors. It's like, you're still getting the privilege out of it though. Yeah. You know, um, and the privileges you reaped, you know, in your country, be based on how you look, be based on yeah. how you look and the color of your skin is at the yeah. expense of other people who, uh, who are alive today who are never slaves, but are suffering as a result of the way they look and the color of their skin. Right. Um, and whether you think about it or not, you are taking something that was not, that you did not earn. And yeah. our country is based on this notion that, you know, you work hard for your, the things that you have and that if you work hard enough, everything is going to be fine. And the truth is very, very different from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately we, there is a tendency to personalize um, what is essentially a systemic problem, right? And so by becoming anti-racist, like it, <laughs> it doesn't, you don't have to take on the personal shame. Right. And that's what I see a lot of people struggling with. It's as though is if they admit, admit that racism is is everywhere in our country. Mm-hmm. Baked in. Then, it's baked in. Then I think I watch people get so caught up in trying to argue that they're good people that they miss out on the big societal problem. And like that's like sometimes I wish people could hear this is not you personally that is right. on trial. Right. It is our country that's right. on trial. Right. And like right. like you're gonna have to be witness to that. Um you know, and as members of the jury, you have to make the right choices, right? But this isn't about whether what crimes you individually mm-hmm. have you know, and this is, I see this a lot. Um, Austin Channing Brown in her book, um, I'm still here. Um, you know, she talks about like how, you know, white folk will want to come up to her and confess their racist tendencies to her. And it's like, that's, that's not what, that's not the work we're doing here. This is not about absolving you personally from shame and guilt. That's not productive. You need to do that work for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is about changing a country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, and I think, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's felt as a personal attack for a lot of people. I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's felt as a personal attack. You're privileged. Well, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? You know, I'm, I mean, it's, it's understanding what that means. Mm-hmm. Understanding what, you know, and, 
I'm not privileged. Nobody's given me a single thing in my entire life. I'm saying that as I had a college education that was given to me, I walked on the street feeling safely. I, nobody ever looks at me with a side eye when I'm going through the grocery store. I mean, I have, I could rattle off a list of 40. (laughs) I did it, but not because of the color of my skin. You know, um, I mean, I could, I could rattle off a list of 45 things. You actually earn the side eye you get. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing about privilege is that you don't, you don't see it. You don't see it if it's if it's baked into the the structure of the community that you're in and and your known experience, um, yeah. and to have it shown to you by those uh, who are not living that experience on TV yeah. and their struggle is profoundly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but again, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means that even though you're not necessarily guilty of the cause and conditions of 400 years of history, there's still, res- you still carry some responsibility. Yes. In, yeah. in terms of making everything you can to be anti-racist and to, um, atonement's not the right word, I don't think. I'm not sure what the right word is, but to do everything you can to work towards a, a, a community where those privileges. Reparation. Yeah, 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 it is. You know, and I've been reading up on that a little bit too. It's been a while since I, since I poked at it. Um, but yeah, and talk about a word that makes people uncomfortable. Why should I have, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of what's at the heart of some of the struggle here is the dangers of the American dream. Uh huh. Right? Like something as small as that. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if people are led to believe that they earned everything they have by this bootstraps mentality, then suddenly an argument that some of it was just gifted to them threatens the core of the narrative that we we often tell ourselves about how hard we work to get where we are mm-hmm. and that's it's a lot of work to yeah. do to undo that yeah and it's so interesting that people were so pissed um with the scandal that now is i mean everything is just a blip on the radar now you know yeah. um including COVID 19 seems, <laughs> seems to be a little bit of a blip these days it's like oh my god um uh, with the college admission scandal, it's like these rich people, their kids get to go to these great Ivy League schools and mine's kid doesn't have a chance. And just because they have this money, you know, and these are privileged people bashing other privileged people because they're even more privileged than they are being able to go to these Ivy League schools. And it's like, you got it then. You understood it then, you know, uh, why don't you, you know, you understood mm-hmm. it, you understood it then, you know, and Lori Laughlin's, you know, getting her kids who yeah. are not on rowing teams in the USC. You know, sure, you sure as shit understood privilege then. Yeah. You know, and, and this, but this is a bridge too far for you. Well, but I think that that idea of like privileged folk yelling at privileged folk about how privileged. Yeah, about who's more privileged. <laughs> like, you can't be more privileged than me, you know? That's also sort of at the heart of some of like the most damaging stuff that I see happening right now Mm -hmm. is, you know, in the midst of all this, I see a lot of like shaming over like the right way to be the most woke right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the contest. There's so many people who are so comfortable in how good they are at this, that they are clogging up my feed telling me how to be the best woke person like because mm-hmm. they have it all figured out and it's like um <laughs> yesterday my whole feed was cluttered with people sharing the fact that you shouldn't share a black box yeah so right. at some point right. yesterday we hit a tipping point where what was more dangerous a black box or an all-day feed of people saying that black boxes are worthless. Yeah. Which one of these things is actually more problematic? Right. right? Because right. all the posts about how problematic black boxes are are doing the same thing the black boxes are. Yeah, right. Right? Like, so, um, is that productive? Right? Is that actually doing making change? It is well-intended, and this is, you know, we talk about this in our principles of community. 
impact versus intent. Uh The intent is to make space for others. Uh The impact, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Yeah, that was the intent, right? It was, it was, I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to let other voices be heard that know more about this than me that are, that whose voices have been suppressed. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to zip it for a sec. Uh, yeah. Give this a little bit of time. And while I'm, while I'm not speaking, I'm also going to be listening and. Yeah. Learning some stuff, and that was the intent of it, and then it kind of spirals out of it into a weird direction from there. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, a lot of what I thought about yesterday was, like, you know, the need to shut my mouth more. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that doesn't come easy to me. It's, well, I was going to say, that's an affliction that we both, uh, we both suffer from. Why do we have a podcast? Because we talk too much. Well, what are we going to do? Have a podcast where we don't say anything for an hour? I mean, what? If we did and our listener count went up, that would be informative. But I don't know. What what is it what's his name? Cage? Oh, Nicholas Cage? No. Not Nicholas Cage. The guy who uh he had like a whole show on silence. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know. Yeah, I don't John know. Cage, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. All of our art friends would know this instantly. Hmm. Um But yeah, so I mean I feel like I'm trying to think about you know, in moments like this, th- there is a lot of policing of others, right? Um, we're very good at that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm spending a lot of time trying to pause and ask, like, okay, what lessons do I need to learn in this? And so, yeah, shutting my mouth more is a big lesson. Um, amplifying other people's voices is another lesson. Right? What kinds of things are you taking away? Um I, I mean, I have a tendency to try to reframe things into my own perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so Sherry, what you mean is <laughs> that that kind of shit. You know, um, not doing that is something that I'm thinking a lot about these days. Do you know how nice it would be if, like, all white dudes thought that? Like, yeah. You know how many times I've sat in a meeting, and I'm sure it's worse for other people. Uh, where I have said something and then some white dude has said it in totally different words. And then the whole room has been like, oh, yeah. Yes, Paul, that is true. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> yes, please do that work. It's important. Go I'm on. working on Go it. On. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Go I'm on. on it. Um, I mean, other things that I've been working on for, for a while, you know, and that, does, that by no means means... Uh, I'm proficient at them, but just working on how to, how to be a good listener. And we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. How do you listen to something? It's like, what is the art of listening? What is the skill of it? Um, how do you do it well? And is it something that can be practiced? And for all of that, I think the answer is yes. Um, it can be. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to make this a what not to do when you're listening to somebody else because it's really easy to do that. Don't be thinking about what you're going to say in return. Don't be thinking about what time it is. Don't be checking your. Ph- I mean, just because you're not checking your phone doesn't mean you're listening. Yeah. Um, and the shift is, I think, within me is going from listening with your ears to listening with your full body, listening mm-hmm. with your full body. Um, and real conversations go slow. You know, you can tell a lot of times whether people are listening by how quickly the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. If it's two people rapid fire that are not listening, that are saying what they want to say, you know, and they're just waiting mm-hmm. their turn until the other person is done. Real conversations that have real depth and meaning go a little slower. It is so like a little slower. It's like the rate, um, which is a topic for another week. The rates of things. Um, yeah. And that's something that I always try to practice and I always get new insights on it. Um, and how do you be a good, how do you be a good listener? And there are some books Mm -hmm. out there you can, uh, that are available on, on how to do it. But a lot of times it's just practice. What if somebody, what if the next time you talk to somebody, you just listen to what they had to say and open yourself up to it without thinking Mm -hmm. about your phone or what time it is or what you're going to respond with or my God, when are they going to be done? What if you just be there for somebody else and listen? And um, just because, and I think this is a big part of 
the discomfort that a lot of people have is that I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. And while this, while the statement is being made, um, they're formulating their narrative response that argues that it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. And there, and, and that's the tombstone for a lot of conversations right there. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how the conversation, it doesn't end the conversation. It prevents it from even happening. It prevents it from even happening. And it's a missed opportunity, um, to mm-hmm. actually learn something. And that goes down the lines of being uncomfortable and being able to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And you cannot get to where you want to be until you know exactly where you are in the start. And there was, um, there was one of the many lists of things that white people can do uh, these days that are productive and can be meaningful, um, especially if you're unable to protest actively on the street. What are other things you can do? Um, donate to bail funds, donate directly to Black Lives Matter, um, provide some you know medical equipment and medical resources for rioters and protesters and people who are doing uh, street work. Um, all kinds of stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of stuff you can do. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I've read so many of the posts that I'm, I'm even using the word rioters, you know, uh, it's like, it, you know, it, if you're not careful, you say these things that you get exposed to without thinking about it. Um, uh, and, um, it's, it's not, it's not having practice and, and being able to be with things that are uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. it's really threatening. It feels really threatening. Um, and I think it feels really threatening because it is really threatening. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's directly threatening to how you see yourself as a person and to your own narrative that you, in your own sense of identity about who you see yourself as being. You're not racist, really? Are you not racist? Then why is it so uncomfortable for you to have this conversation right now? Because if you really were not racist, this wouldn't be an uncomfortable conversation for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't be all fidgety over there. You know, you yeah. would be able to see somebody else's systemic pain and suffering and you would be able to be with it mm-hmm. compassionately um, without feeling like you were being threatened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the point about listening and that response that people have um, to these issues when they aren't really listening is so important because... Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the the conversations where people are really and truly listening, they go slow, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's, I mean, one of the one of the turning points I think in my marriage, I think, was when Eric and I learned to fight slowly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and even like you know, you and I, we have tackled some, we have tackled some terrain together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can always tell when you and I are in the thick of something because you and I, who are two people who can't shut our mouths, have a lot of dead air between each other. We do. You know, and the most infuriating thing that I can say sometimes is, you know, Sherry, let me sit with that for a little <laughs> Let me sit with that for a minute. I got to see how that sits. You know, I got I to gotta poke around with that for a little bit. And I do the same thing where I say, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Right. Hey. Yeah. Um, but that's what I think that's where the real work gets done. Um, yeah. but I think in order to do that, people have to commit to not being on the defensive all the time. I, yeah. you know, I, when I am struggling the most, when I am most resistant to grow, I'm always on the defensive. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, yeah. And so, I mean, I really do think a lot of this work, like if we really want to, if we want to make headways, if people, you know, people are like, oh, I can't believe we're still having to talk about this. Like everybody's like quoting Martin Luther King and yeah, surprised right. we haven't made change. Right. Right. If you want to stop, you know, seeing these kinds of headlines, we all have to start listening. Like we have to get off the defensive. Yeah. And, and part of the, part of the discomfort I think is a lot of people do know. I think a lot of people do know if there is going to be change, it's going to, it's not going to come in the form of somebody saying, Oh, cool. I'm not racist now. Awesome. It doesn't look like that. There are things that in your life that are going to change. There are things in your life that are going to change. 
you know, yep. if this is truly addressed in an honest way, um, accommodation is going to have to be made. Yep. Um, there is going to have to be meaningful, uh, a meaningful change that addresses, you can't do it all at once, um, mm-hmm. 400 years of, of repression and 400 years of violence and 400 years of history. Yes, reparations are going to be a thing that happens. There cannot yeah. be any other way. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, I mean, what are you going to do after 400 years? Hey, man, I mean, no harm, no foul is off the table from the start. It's like, can we just start over now? No. The answer is no. We cannot just start over and say, all right, here we are. Uh, let's all acknowledge that we're not racist and go on from here. No, that denies 400 years of history and it denies the privilege and it denies the repression and it de- denies right. literally everything about it. You know, there yep. needs to be serious repair work. Um, I would support, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, reparation tax. I mean, if you're a white person in America, you know, um, a percentage of your, of your taxes are levied, levied to you that goes directly injected into, um, organizations that support black, indigenous community, tuition, job placement, education, land ownership, mortgage payment. I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, um, there's no way, there's no way to repair without re- reparation. That's what reparation is. The word repair is in that. And it was 400 years cooking. You're not going to get out of it in a week. Right. And I think for me, that's what I see as being people really want the quick fix. And of course, right? Like, um, you know, I just think about personally, anytime I upset someone in my life, right? Like, I just want to speed past the hurt and get to the part where we make up and it's all better. Like, I understand that human impulse, but I think that's also one of the reasons why in a lot of close relationships, whatever the first fight you wa- you have is the same fight you're having 10 years later. Yeah. You don't make any progress. That's the what fight is to have. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's the fight to have. Like, um, you, Paul, you and I, we have the same fight over, yeah, and over and over. It's great. I look forward to our next one. <laughs> let's get on the calendar. Schedule it about every yeah, 21 days or let's so. Cal- let's, let's calendarize that. Um, yeah, once a month. Just we put it on the calendar. It'll happen. It's a tune-up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 going to be a slow process, and it's going to be painful. Um, it's got to be systemic, and it's got to yeah. be. I mean, because it's 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 got to be structural, because it's, it's structural repression and structural violence. Right. And so right. the solution is going to have to be a structural one as well. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It's got to be nationwide. It's got to be built in to the daily, because right. the the um, the racism and the repression and the and the violence is built in. So the solution is going to have to get built in. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's a matter of like being present. Don't check out of this, right? Yeah. I think it's a matter of check into it constant ongoing education. I mean, you and I are people who believe in education anyway. Right. But like, this is a thing like, um, you know, I get really nervous around people who think they have this whole thing figured out Mm -hmm. more confident. A person is that they are anti-racist. Uh, the more uncomfortable they make me, Mm -hmm. um, because this is a journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think my response, I mean, the most honest response I can give right now if asked, you know, hey, Paul, are you racist or are you anti-racist is, I don't think so. I hope not. I don't want to be. Let's, let me, let me test that and see if there's any, it's going to, you can have to always check yourself to yeah. see. And it's, it's, it's constant work yeah. to, to do that. It's going to require constant attention to do that. And it's attention yeah. that I think people who are invested in, yeah. in true, true equality and a true American dream, it's an investment they will make. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's ongoing, it's incremental. Um, but I think, you know, right now, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic, you know, and I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, I'm a person, I don't know if it's my punk rock roots or what, like, um, usually 
I like to be in the middle of protests. I do. Um, but I'm staying home right now. And um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm married to a person who's on an immunosuppressant. Uh-huh. Right. So I think a lot of us are weighing really complex decisions. Um, and one of the things I keep telling myself is that this, this is bigger than this week. Mm-hmm. The work is ongoing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, what are we going to do? What you and me. What are we going to do? What's ready for prime time? Anything? Do we have announcements that are ready for <laughs> We'll find out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I think we've been talking about is uh, uh, we just need to read some more. You know, I think um, if you if you talk to most most folks growing up in St. Louis in my generation, you know, in, in the areas where I was raised, I think your exposure to racism doesn't go any farther than Uncle Tom's Cabin. And, you know, whatever shows up in a textbook written in the in the 1960s or 1970s, uh, which does not do a very comprehensive job of talking about the systemic racism that exists in our country, you know. But, I mean, if you ask people uh, who I was you know, educated with in my community, you know, back in St. Louis when I was going to school. I mean, this whole story only starts in 1776. Before that, you know, the earth was immaterial and without form. I mean, (laughs) and they shared Thanksgiving with the natives of our, of our great land. Right. And then everything, and the next thing, you know, you know, Ronald Reagan gets elected. And then the next thing, you know, you know, the economy takes off and then there's the dot coms. And then, you know, here we are. Yay. America. You know, um, reading some books, right? Um, dialing into some, some, some authors that it might have more intelligent experiences than we do on this, uh, black authors, black voices. Um, and there are plenty of lists that have gone out there, uh, recently. Um, and, uh, I'm going to start reading some of those as quickly as possible because we've been talking about some book, book group, book group stuff, you know, that, yeah, we'd like to offer. You know, to to folks, um, but we need to read those books first. Yeah, that's true. I mean, let me rephrase. I need to read those books first. <laughs> um, I need yeah. to read those books first. Well, I think we both have assigned ourselves some homework. We have homework. Um, yeah, so I think right now part of it looks like us doing some homework, but it's also we are people who like to share spaces with other people, mm-hmm. and so I think we have some intention, but not solid plans yet because there are every time we start something we end up with 17 more questions um so we have some intention to invite people to read and learn and educate themselves alongside of us Mm -hmm. um we are not going to position ourselves as teachers of any of this but teachers yes of this no yes yeah exactly but i think we are good space holders and so um I think we both have seen a lot of people who are looking for spaces to learn. And um, so I see us being able to create some space where people can come and, and learn and educate themselves um, and set some intentions to be um, active in the future of this. It's easy to be on social media this week. It is. What are you going to do is. in the month of July? Yeah. Yeah. So where do we go from here? So, um, and that feels, and this is, I mean, this is what we were talking about yesterday, uh, to the, to the listener. This was not recorded as we talked about it yesterday because we were just having this conversation about this. That does feel like something that we can do. You know, that we are in a position to be able to do, that we have a platform for doing that we're not the worst at. Um, where we can, we can, can have the space for folks to investigate this within themselves together with other people who are seeing that that is an important thing to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm really looking forward to that because, yeah. uh, that is not where my uh, attention has been mm-hmm. in my life. You yeah. know, my, my attention has been on other things besides ending systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's time that it got some attention for me too. And I say that with uh, humility and acceptance. And it's like, yeah, I need to do some work. And um, that's not, look at me, I'm doing a good job of doing the work. I mean, it's just, you, you got to start somewhere. 
you know, and you, you got to start somewhere. And there was a post going on. I think I started this earlier. I didn't, I didn't quite get to the point of it. I don't think because I distracted myself, which happens frequently. Um, the, a lot, there's a lot of lists going around of books you can read or podcasts you can listen to or, you know, authors you might want to give a, give a read to, um, both an essay and long form book format. Um, and there was some top 10 list on, on things that the, you know, the run of the mill privilege, but not necessarily informed about that white person might, might do. And number six was dude, just get started. Just get started. You know, and I did kick this out of my own, my own Facebook and it's like, I don't know where you are in that process of getting started. I don't know where you are, you know, on the, on the field of that. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about it in your life. Maybe you're still really trying to understand what privilege means. Maybe you understand it, but you're not, but there's still different ways you can see it from. Maybe you f- understand it and fully understand it and you want to explore the edges of it and where it impacts other aspects of your life. Wherever you are, you know, um, it's, uh, uh, you know, and it's not, you know, when, when I say it's okay, what I mean, it's okay to acknowledge where you are mm-hmm. um, and couple that with what is the next thing for me to do to, to, to bring some more information to this about myself, yeah. right? And so if if you think you're done, you're not done. Um, if you think you have it started, maybe it's time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time. And uh, it it doesn't matter as long as you're working. Yeah. On it. Yeah. It doesn't matter as you know, don't, don't judge yourself harshly. Um, I think that's really important because I think one of the things that threatens people right now, I see so many people right now really discouraged, like, oh, I can't get it right. I can't, what if I say the wrong word? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody has to start where they are. And I think they need to be honest with themselves about where they are. Um, because if we don't, then we just end up performing and that doesn't actually make change. So I think, um, yeah, we have to start where we are and we have to be honest about where we are um, and understand the fact that I think one of the core things that underlies any allyship work is the fact that you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. right? And so like, Start where you are and then be ready to say, oops, crap, I screwed up. You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. Oh, like, oh, yep. Um, you know, there were several reasons that I said, oops, just yesterday. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I really started to understand um, this week where, you know, it went beyond intellectual understanding to, ah, okay, I get it. I get it. Stop acting, asking your black friends to help you understand this. You know, yeah. um, I get that. I think now, <laughs> um, it's like, boy, I don't understand racism. I'm going to find a black person to explain this. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> Go do your own homework. Google it. You know, I mean, it's not hard to find resources out there, but, um, uh, it's, you know, personal responsibility goes into this, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, if you really loved America, you would take personal responsibility for making it the dream that it could be. And that's going to require a little bit of work on your part. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's the work, that's the work to be done. Um, and you're educated enough in this country to be able to mm-hmm. find some resources. There are plenty yeah. of them, uh, that are free. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. start reading, yeah. you know, do your if, own homework. Do your own homework. And there are yeah. no shortage of resources being posted right now on social media that where you can get started. And you might not love the first one you find. It might not be something that, that, that addresses your concerns. Perfect. Find another one, you know, start somewhere, yeah. you know, start, yeah. start and it's acknowledgement of, of where you are. And, um, I'm going to get started. Wherever yeah. that is. And if you're worried about saying the wrong thing, great. Um, don't have to do it in public with 75 other people. You know, get your family together, get a couple of friends, you know, um, hop on WhatsApp or hop on a Zoom or hop on, uh, you know, a FaceTime or whatever and just have a chat with a couple of your friends for 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and just say, hey, we're going to talk about race in America right now for 10 minutes. Go. Who's first? What do you think? 
Just start it that way. You know, I mean, start it. Just start it. Just start it. Just start it. Just start. Just do it. Just get started. Mm-hmm. It's not a contest, but it is work that needs to be done. It is. By you <laughs> and me. Um, as our responsibility, um, as, as, as payment for the privilege that we've received. There it is, Paul. There it is. Bill's coming due. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this has been a very productive conversation, but Fun. not yeah, conversation was... <laughs> about productivity we thought we would have. Yeah, this was a little more than make sure your pencils are sharp and make sure you have a pad of paper next to you when you get ready to write down all your great ideas, you know. Um, but at least at the end, there's still homework. There That's is homework, it. yeah. Uh, read. Listen, and yeah, we've talked about this before, Sherry. It's not speak, you know, and write. It's listen and read. It is. Bring some information in. All, and we, I don't know if we talked about this in publicly or privately. I think we talked about it in the public before on a podcast. All this emphasis on writing and speaking. We need emphasis on reading and listening. You know, mm-hmm. that would be far better these days. That would, those, those are the skills you need. How do you read? How do you listen? Those are the How do you read? How do you listen? Yeah, and I think you don't the only say thing- anything. You don't have to convince yeah. people that you're not racist. You know, you <laughs> You also don't have to You know, I think this is the last thing I'll say and I've struggled with whether or not to say this and I keep thinking, nope, don't say it, which is exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say. It. Why not? Um do the homework, but don't expect um don't expect to get gold stars on it. Right. Right. Like, um, do the homework. Don't perform the homework. Right. right. Um, because I think that's the other challenge is that make sure you're doing the homework because the homework needs to get done. Not because you know, you're being graded by the people in your life. Cause this is make no mistake. I, I don't think about this as AP, advanced human perspective. This is remedial human perspective. You're not doing the advanced work. You're doing the foundation work. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. not humanity 405, right? This is zero yeah. zero one. Right. It's the, you're doing the remedial work. You don't need stars and certificates to do remedial work. Yeah. That gives you the right to be in this country. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's just, it's very important. Don't look for the gold stars. Don't look for the gold stars. Do the work. That's what we got. That's what we got. A great challenging not easy timely conversation i think that is one that is negligent not to have mm-hmm. yeah and so next week we're going to talk about the rates of things Ooh, i've been looking forward to this one i know you've been so excited about it it's coming I'm paul gonna blow it's it. coming. i'm gonna blow it it's gonna meet i'm gonna be all derpy you'll <laughs> be great i have really nothing to say on the issue sherry thank you for bringing this up at the top that's fine <laughs> i'll fill the whole hour with me we need more sherry in rates this of things but i mean i mean this my god i mean this 2020 has been a, a a lab a lab practical on the rates of things hasn't it you know, oh yeah i mean i mean even with this subject right like I know what my body says when I watch footage of, you know, a man being murdered. I know what my body says, right? But my intellect about what it means, what it means for me, like those things aren't processing at the same speed. Not at the same rate. And that's uh, profoundly uncomfortable. And that's where a lot of suffering comes from, you know, and... Uh, we don't only have the conversation before the conversation, but it can lead to some pretty self-destructive tendencies if, if not acknowledged. Yeah. Those differences in the rates of things um, yep. as they exist in your life. So mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah. And I suspect that will be on Tuesday. So 
All signs point to the fact that it may be Tuesday. Yes, 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 yes. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Sherry. It was a delight to talk to you, Paul. It was a delight to talk to you as well, and uh, a conversation down the lines of which I'm sure we'll have many more. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for gold stuff. By the way, if you have not read Sherry's latest blog, it's posted. Go take a look at that one. Um, <laughs> she hasn't uh, she hasn't posted that uh, on Instagram yet to so go and read it uh, because uh, she asked me to, and I'm going to do that on her behest. But I thought I'd give it a shout. Give that a read and I'll see what you think. Mm-hmm. Thanks, cool. Paul. <laughs> I'm not sure you were sincere with that, but... No, I am. It's uh that post is out there and um It was it was hard. a tough one for you to post. It's a tough one for me to post. It was a tough one for um, to post. You know, it it speaks to my dissertation research which keeps coming back and haunting me. Um but I also wrote it in response to the fact that there's this word that's being thrown around in our country right now. Uh and the word is terrorist. Um and one of the biggest problems that I struggle with is the way people throw around the word terrorist as though it has a particular meaning when the reality is the word terrorist tells you more about yourself than it does about the people you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what that blog is about. So if that and sounds interesting to you, right? Go ahead. If that sounds interesting, by all means, and hop after, over to This Most Unbelievable Life and read my blog. Give that a read. And after we uh, we hit the end button on this one, I'm going to ask Sherry if she wants me to chop this bit out of this podcast uh, advertising this. And if she says yes, then no one will ever know this conversation happened. <laughs> it's part of it anyway, right? And if she says no, then uh, you know, know that I un- un- uh, un- unkindly put her on the spot on that. So That's fine. Cool. It's Thanks, fine. Sherry. We challenge each other, Paul. We do. I, I feel like I put you on the spot a couple of times on this one. I apologize for that. I might have done that to you, too. It's all good. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Sherry. All right. Bye, Paul. See you, Sherry.